Welcome in. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We uh, we continue on. Enjoying our day and our time. A lot of good stuff today. A lot of good calls. A lot of good stuff over on the live stream today. Good to have you on board. 877 867 877-867-1670. Um, The... Uh, the special teams coordinator, Rich Basaccia, he also spoke yesterday. And um, I wanted you to hear some of this because, you know, we don't pay a ton of attention to the uh, the special teams coordinator, obviously, but it, enough to where you want to say, you know, hey, uh, obviously a big portion of this team and something that dramatically needed to be fixed last year. And uh, Rich Basaccia was asked, did they do prep on the Broncos return game during the bye week? Yeah, a little bit of a combination of both. We did a bunch of work on, on Denver before we kind of got out of here and then got back at it last night. Um, I think the return game, you know, obviously Mims is playing really well. He's had a big kickoff return for a touch, and they've only had five returns, I believe, and, and obviously one was for a touch, and he's averaging, I think, 20 yards of return on, on part returns with the big one of, I think, 45. So he's dangerous back there. Um, he's making good decisions. Uh, you know, he's a weapon for him. So we'll have to do, a, do our best to try to contain him. So the problem, special teams-wise, not that there's a ton, okay, because the special teams have actually been decent, but what have the problems been when they took a look at it during the bye week? What did he notice? We took a look at some of the um, maybe protection punt problems that we had a little bit earlier where we were getting a little bit of leakage or getting on the edge a little bit, and then, you know, we gave up the big return against New Orleans. So we took a look at our, our lane coverage and lane discipline and where we're supposed to be and try to get ourselves – I think we had the last few weeks gotten ourselves in a little bit better position that way. But um, it was more of a, a personnel thing. We put in the right guys in the right spots and um, some of those things, especially um, in coverage-wise, kickoff team and, and in punt protection and punt coverage. So, uh, you know, the, the return ops have gone down, obviously, in, in kickoff return because of us not taking some out a little bit deeper and people kicking away from Keyshawn as well. Now that, uh, you know, when you start to have injuries and Devondre Campbell goes down, Quay Walker had gone down, and you start filling those positions with starters uh, who are guys that were on the special teams like Isaiah McDuffie and uh, Eric Wilson, how difficult is it, has it been to fill those positions? Yeah, uh, great question. I think a credit to them that they're in phenomenal physical condition. I think we've, we've done a good job of, of um, mix and matching when to use and when not to and getting Kristen, Christian Welch up has helped us as well. He's been able to play in all four phases for us and relieve some of the, the reps from him as well as Quay on, on punt team. So what has he seen? Because I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, Christian Welch, the linebacker, he's been promoted from the practice squad. So what has uh, Rich Basaccia seen from him that's going to aid also uh, in special teams? You know, he's a smart player. He's a big body guy. He's been able to um, be physical at the point of attack for us, and he's been able to play all four phases, especially that he could play multiple spots for us on the punt team, which he has, has been a big help for us, alluding to the question of Isaiah and, and Quay, and, and now with Eric playing a lot of defense as well. So uh, we always, you know, make uh, a big deal out of the air at Mile High. We all know that. Uh, whenever you go to Denver, there's always something about it, you know, whether it's, 
the uh, inability to breathe and stay consistent or just, uh, you know, kicks going farther. He was asked about that. Do, do the kicks go farther in mile high? Yeah, I think the wind is always a factor as well. You know, up there, we've played up there a bunch um, in the last conference I was in. So we'll see what kind of day we get. Uh, the weather can change there quickly. It can change from quarter to quarter and half to half. But it does travel well in Colorado. And, and um, you know, I'm going home for, for our kicker to play, you know, close to home. So we'll see what the weather's like. But it'll be the same for both teams. So what about Keyshawn Nixon when it comes to uh, judging the altitude and such for the football in Denver? Is that a big deal? I'd like to think it's not an adjustment altitude-wise. It's always an adjustment, you know, in the wind. And, again, fortunately for us, we practice in a lot of wind. We practice in it today. So he'll just, to, to your point, be able to get out there early, get some catches, and, and see what the environment looks like. The one thing that we had a huge concern with coming into the season was the kicking game, uh, more so field goal kicking. And it was long snap to holder to kicker. And how did he grade out that operation that really has been pretty solid throughout? I think they're, they're a work in progress, you know, and I think they're getting better all the time. Obviously, we had the, the mishap in, in the Atlanta game, and, but I think the operation to this point has gone well, and they're constantly working on it. I don't know if we're ever actually, you know, happy in, until we're, we're all done, right? And so we'll have to see um, you know, how the rest of the season goes. But to this point, they've been real diligent about it. I think the operation's been, been on task to this point. So there you go. That's a little bit of Rich Bisaccia as he, uh, you know, he kind of breaks a few things down. Not that you're going to get too deep into it because really the one thing that hasn't been terrible has been the special teams. Special teams have been pretty good uh, for the most part when they get with it. And I still, I, I would have loved to have had somebody ask him, hey, by the way, going back to Atlanta, why did you decide or why did they decide not to kick the field goal after the week before he boomed one from 52 yards in Chicago? Why did you not kick that field? Goal? I still don't understand that. So I would love to get his, his take on that, but you know, that was the one thing that was not asked specifically of Rich Basaccio. Don't forget coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be hearing um, the uh, we're going to be hearing from, from Mike Clements coming up in a little bit. Uh, Pac fan says, what about special teams during the Saints game? I said, for the most part. I said, for the most part. But I don't know what about that you don't understand. I said, for the most part. They have not been costing this team games. They have not been missing a lot. But for the most part, it's been good. If you want to grade anything better, uh, offense, defense, special teams, special teams have probably been one of the better units that they've had. The offense hasn't performed well. The defense has been on the field far too much. And when they give up a big drive, it's the offense's job to at least sustain a drive. They can't do it. The defense comes back out. Uh, you know, that, that complimentary football, if you will, has not been consistent. But at least the special teams have been better. And it hasn't been as worrisome as we've, we've thought about it uh, coming into the season, what we thought it could be. So it, it hasn't been bad. It hasn't been great, but – it's it's been better than what I expected. I got to be honest. The way the preseason went, boy, I was thinking this thing's going to be a train wreck, and it hasn't been. It hasn't been. Uh, Jake says, uh, "What has been so hard about tackling? This defense doesn't seem to have the ability to tackle upon initial contact." Um, you know, it's funny. I was watching uh, football over the weekend, and I can't tell you how many times. It's almost like this, and, and watch football this week. Watch it this way. It's almost like the initial tackler 
hits the running back or the ball carrier, okay, and kind of disrupts them for a minute. They shake them off, and then it slows them down for the rest of the team to make a tackle after they've gained, what, anywhere from one to three to seven, whatever it is, yards. It's like what happened? We give so much praise to a guy that in open space breaks down and goes with a ball carrier in one direction or the other and then makes a tackle. That's like like a, a pink elephant. You don't see it. It doesn't happen. That's what so when you talk about tackling, it's not just the Packers. Man, it is it is rampant in the league. I I noticed it a little bit last night, but more so over the weekend. I thought, boy, a lot of these guys on the initial like like those who, you know, pass rush, they get an arm around the quarterback and he spins out and now he's he stutter stepping and then the sack comes. Very rarely do you get a guy that just crushes the end, breaks down and gets an arm on somebody or a hand on somebody and drags them down. It, it, it's, it's really weird how tackling has become um, a I'm going to slow you down, but I'm not going to bring you down until the cavalry comes type of thing, which is why it's so important to play, play team tackling. But it's also like the art of tackling has gone, you know? So it, it's that, – that's – that's an interesting facet that I I started paying more and more attention to, and I can't tell you how many times I just started counting, like one here, one here, one here, one here, one here, of guys that make the initial hit but don't bring a ball carrier down. And then after that, you get two or three guys that then follow up as the, the ball carrier has been slowed down a bit, doesn't have that momentum, and then they make the tackle. You know? So... Uh, 877-867-1670, uh, we got, like I said, Mike Clemens coming up here in about, uh, eight minutes. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have Mike take us the rest of the way. And, uh, my, oh, by the way, one thing I wanted to mention and somebody just, uh, I just saw an email come through and, and Sally, thank you so much for reminding me. Uh, yesterday, uh, everybody knows Arrowhead High School, and Arrowhead has been a powerhouse in this state for a long, long time, and Coach Taraska was a, a huge, huge reason for that, and he passed away, and I made I wanted to make a mention of it yesterday, and I didn't get a chance to, and it just, just kind of got away from me, and I, I apologize for that, but to everybody in the Arrowhead community, and really high school football throughout the state of Wisconsin that knew Coach Taraska, um, unbelievably competitive had been somebody that even going back to the, when I first got into the, into the state of Wisconsin back in 99, you knew of, and uh, a sad day yesterday for high school sports, high school football, specifically for the Arrowhead community, but coach Taraska passing away. So I made to mention, made to make a mention of that. And I apologize for not doing it, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, when you talk about some impactful people uh, on the youth of the state, he's, He's he was one of them, no doubt, uh, and obviously built a an empire when it came to Arrowhead High School and Arrowhead football. So, um, you know, condolences go out to his family, and uh, a lot to be proud of, though. A lot to be proud of, uh, Coach Taraska, the family, and his legacy when it comes to all the young men that he guided through that football program for so so many years. So, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that as well. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get uh, 
Mike Clemens uh, on the program. Mike's going to take us the rest of the way. Uh, this portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at the ICHC, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. And I've told you about this for a while now. If you're looking for something to do when it comes to through the holidays and some good music, go to the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. Go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net. There's plenty of good music coming. Really good concert. Just a good night out. Just go get a dinner. Go listen to some music. Uh, maybe a, a good Irish beer in the pub behind the uh, behind the stage uh, before or after, or just something in the downtown Milwaukee area. It's right there on West Wisconsin Avenue. But also, also do not forget coming up uh, in March, right the night before thank uh, before Thanksgiving, night before St. Patrick's Day, uh, Cynthia is coming, and it is going to be a sellout. It's going to be a blast, and I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to it. That's ICHC.net. That's the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. ICHC. Dot net right there on West Wisconsin Avenue or call our buddy Corey. Corey runs the place. 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. That's the ICHC.net. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Okay, let's act like we don't see Preston Smith covering Devontae Adams. 91. Preston Smith covering Devontae Adams. Replay. Let's go back to it. Release off the line of scrimmage, but when you've got Preston Smith at 265 pounds, who's trying... 91. Covering 17. That's one of the most disrespectful things you could do to one of the best route runners in the game. Good luck, Green Bay. No! Ow! Dropping it. Dynamite drop in by one Mike Clemens. Freaking out. Good stuff. Welcome back to the program. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. You can find him at Mike Clemens NFL. And uh, the most disrespectful thing you can do to Devontae Adams is put Preston Smith on him, Mike. People are freaking out over that. Well, but it also points out people have a lot of questions about should Joe Barry continue to be the defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator is not an easy job to get in the NFL or to maintain or be successful at. You're in a, you're in a game where the rules really help out the offense. Although there doesn't seem to be much offensive scoring in a lot of these games. You know, it's like some exciting close primetime games but with lower scores. Uh, but we finally got a chance to ask Joe Barry what happened on What's not, if, if you're listening to what the fans are posting, what they're talking about is bottom line. How in the hell do you have Preston, Preston Smith against perhaps the best 
wide receiver in the NFL. By the way, you know, the Packers didn't have to pay uh, play the best version of Devontae Adams. He's got an AC sprain. Right. He's got a bad, bad shoulder, bad wing. And they kind of held off on him until it was go time, until the, you know, the, 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 they'd held in the game with the Packers, and then they started throwing the Devontae there toward the end. Now, you know, that ball that they threw to him was coming up at the end of the third quarter. They got into the red zone thanks to that play, and that was the one where Josh Jacobs had the little two-year run uh, up the middle and scored the touchdown. That gave uh, Oakland the 17 points that they were going to need to beat the Packers. So Devontae talked after that game. I didn't get a chance to get to this last week, but he talked about you know playing with the bad shoulder and what it was like to run into his old teammates from Green Bay. Um, it was good, man. It was it was good. It was hard not to be friendly with a couple of those guys out there just because I'm so used to being on the same time on the on the same side of the field with them. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of respect out there on, on both sides. So it was good. Good to see him. Good to chop it up before and after and. Um, like I said, still glad we beat them, but it was it was good to see those guys. How's your shoulder feeling? Not great, but it's, it's yeah. good enough to get through it. It's better than, than a week ago. Do you think it'll be a week-to-week monitor thing? Or? I'm going to be playing, yeah. but, I mean, it's not going to – got to take time to heal, but I'll, I'll be out there. Sure. Mike, so you talked about Joe Barry in the discussion where everybody's looking at Preston Smith lining up uh, on Devontae Adams, and it's disrespectful and on and on and on. When you're sitting there in that auditorium and you're watching Joe Barry explain all of this, are are you are you do you understand it? Are you buying what he's selling, or is this because he? I mean, he even said, "Look, I just didn't have a, a quote a mechanism to get out of that. We we didn't plan for that personnel. That was something that they did that we didn't foresee coming. So I understand it. But do you do you kind of buy what he's selling, or or, or and you know the defense didn't give away the game. The defense played well enough to win. Do you, do you buy what's going on right now, or do you look at it and go, ah, "I've got an eyebrow raised, and I'm relatively skeptical"? I see a 24, 25-year veteran in Joe Barry that has probably he felt the way to survive in this league: keep your players happy. Don't go out there and embarrass your players. And so he protects these guys at least publicly. And I see him you know, excited on the practice field. But I have not heard yet. I mean, we're starting to hear stories about Lafleur cracking down on guys. And something I can bring up a little bit later on. But for Joe Barry, I just see a guy constantly up there. At the end of the day, maybe he'll blame himself. But we're asking him, okay, are we understand. The Raiders came out with two wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, and one fullback. And so then you put your base defense out there. You've got your two linebackers, your three down guys, your inside linebackers, and only four defensive backs. Except, except Jimmy Garoppolo comes to the line, and those guys go five wide, empty backfield. Oh, it's all pass. So why have you got Rasul Douglas out there on a fullback, and why have you got a 260-pound, like you know Troy Aikman said there, guy covering the best receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams? So we asked uh, you know, Joe about this directly yesterday. Why can't you just have the linebacker, Smith, switch outside with Rasul Douglas? Why don't you just have Rasul Douglas follow number 17 around? That was I, – I wish it was that easy. I, I, I really uh, would. We called a uh, – you know, we called a, a – we called a coverage that required Preston to drop, and he happened to be a boundary dropper, and they happened to put – Tay at, at slot into the boundary. So, um, you know, sometimes you'll have mechanisms where you have, you know, checks or 
or things built in where you can get out of that. We simply just because based on the personnel we were in and the personnel that they were in, we didn't have that mechanism. Um, you know, and it, it ended up being. Why, why didn't you ask about the, the other three catches and the tw 23 yards <laughs> well, that Tay had? You, you just brought up that one catch. Well, no, I, just want, I was curious, not so much why Preston was on the virgin line. I just yeah. wonder why you got a veteran corner and a veteran lineup. Like, hey, can you let's just switch on their own? I guess that's kind of. I wish it was that easy. Um, and, and, that, and that thing, it was, it was, you almost have to just, if you're pressing, you almost have to just survive the down and try to keep it to as, as minimal as you can. Um, but that's a that's a that's a poor matchup for him to be in, and that that's that's totally on me for for us to be able to put him in that situation. We got to have a mechanism to get out of it, um, and we just have a, have to have a built-in check, which we will and we can do. But based on the personnel that they were in, we never thought it would come up. So um, ended up being a bad play on on totally on my it was that was me. It was not Preston. I get it. I understand it that they didn't have a plan for it. Um, I, I, I guess my question would be: So what if it happens again? Is there now a plan for this? And if so, what is the plan? I, not that they're going to give know. away, you know, get house secrets, but you know, what is the plan? Uh, well, and you listen to that, and you understand that. Okay, five wide. Okay, that means Preston's got to drop back down the line. Maybe can't help over the middle. And he talks about, you know, you don't want guys to go over the middle. If anything, you can push them outside. That still doesn't explain why you want to have Rasul on Devontae Adams and Preston Smith, uh, you know, covering some guy. If the outside helps you, that might be easier for the linebacker to cover than the middle of the field, which is where Adams attacked and picked up 21 yards and got them, you know, close to the red zone. So we, we asked them again, why can't these two guys, a linebacker and – a, a defensive back like Rasul just switch. Because Preston's not a corner, and he can't go out. It'd be even worse to have to have him play a, a you know a deep third. You would you wouldn't want that. So you have mechanisms that you can survive the down, and I didn't give him one. So it was it was probably the worst play of the night, unfortunately. But we didn't ask about all the positive plays they had against Devontae Adams. So you know he he wanted to point that out that they did have positive against Devontae. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the other things. So he keeps on saying well, it's a mechanism. I, I have to have the guys a mechanism, which I guess is some sort of a check. So you say, okay, so what defensive mechanism results in Preston Smith covering Devontae Adams? Two right. mechanisms. The the simplest thing is if you are, no matter who you are, as a as a defender, you always you, you hear all the time about leverage and. If you got to win inside, if you have to play inside leverage at, at all cost, win inside and force him outside. Because outside of you, you have a sideline. Outside of you, you have a, another defender, a corner. That's the simplest and easiest. But Devontae is one of the greatest of all times of being able to, you know, cross people over and beat them inside. He does it with elite corners. That's the simplest mechanism. The other one is, is that from a defensive standpoint, you hate to always have to always check things but in those situations it's very common you know especially when they came out and empty to have mechanisms that you can check into something from an empty standpoint we didn't on that play so the 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 two options you have hey win inside survive the down at all costs don't get beat inside if you get beat outside and you give up you know seven or eight yards live to fight again the second one is you can always tag something with a with an empty check we did not on that play it's, uh, yeah, I, 
Okay. So I, 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 now I don't know if he's saying I didn't have a mechanism for that scenario for the guys or someone didn't make the check. One of the players. I, yeah. I, the one other thing that caught my ear was going back to the previous cut was when he said we did not expect that or foresee them right. in that the way that lined up in that particular package. Right. No, McDaniel's got McDaniel's got him on that one. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We're talking with Mike Clemens. He's uh, joining us on the hotline for the remainder of the program, and we're uh, kind of breaking down the Green Bay Packers during the bye week. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, we are going to be in lacrosse tomorrow night. Flipside Pub and Grill, 6 to 8. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. Scott Emmerich from WXOW19 is going to be joining us on site 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock tomorrow night. The show begins at 6. Hopefully we see you out there in lacrosse or in the uh, Vernon, Monroe, Jackson County. Uh, maybe if you're down there in the Baroque area, hell, come on up and say hi. We're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill tomorrow night, 6 to 8. For the Bill Michael Sutton, we look forward to seeing you there. More with Mike Clemens. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What's better than a Packers win? Well, how about celebrating a Packers win behind the wheel of a brand new 2023 Chevy Colorado Trail Boss? Right now at Quick Trip, for every dollar you spend with Quick Rewards, you'll earn a Packers point with our Quick Rewards Packers points. Then, with your Quick Rewards app, spend points for your chance to win amazing prizes throughout the season, like a Chevy Colorado Trail Boss. Kick off your winning season with Quick Rewards Packers points, only from Quick Trip. See quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for details. I think if we're going out there and we're executing some of the plays that we know are there, I think this doesn't get talked about. We're scoring points. Nobody's talking about this. And unfortunately, when you score 13 points in a game, it gets talked about. He's right. No doubt. Uh, this portion of the program and Mike Clemens brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. They are quiet, cozy, and comfortable. Just a mile from Lambeau Field, whether you're up there for a game or maybe you just want to go over to the stadium and hang out for a little bit, go to the uh, Hall of Fame, take a tour. And the Bay Family Restaurant uh, featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week. That's the Bay Motel on uh, 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 414, excuse me, 920, I should say, 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441 or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike Clemens, Can I tell you a quick story about that place? Yeah, go ahead. So uh, when I was in junior high, uh, the the teacher said you got to do a book report. So we were in this old school junior high built in uh, Teddy Roosevelt Junior High. It looks like a castle built in 1919. I go up to the little library about the first or second time I've been up there, and I happen to see on the shelf a copy of Instant Replay mm-hmm. by Jerry Kramer, which is right. like, you know one of the best sports books of all time. It had been out for a few years, and I thought, oh, yeah, I've heard about that book. I've never read it. I'm an eighth grader. So I pull that off the thing. I read that thing like cover to cover. Just loved it. And, you know, Kramer's such a good storyteller. You've had him on your show 25 mm-hmm. times. So... uh Years later, you know, you start start paying attention that it, that you know Jerry Kramer was talking into a tape recorder, and this great sports writer from out east named Dick Shap got the idea. Like, well, 
what was really going on with the Lombardi Packers, and they wrote that book together. And, and you know, Shep, Jerry took some heat because his, his teammates didn't realize that he was writing a book about this. It turned out to be the Ice Bowl season on Lombardi's last year against the Raiders in the second Super Bowl. So years later now, you know, here I get to be on your show. I've been covering the Packers for you for like 18 years or something. And, and, I, and I went to go see Jerry Kramer and his son Dan were up there talking about that book and, you know, his stories with the Packers. And they talked about Dick Shap, and I found out that Dick Sh- guess where Dick Shap stayed when he was writing Instant Replay with Jerry Kramer? Right there in your room next to you. Well, the Bay Motel. <laughs> yeah, but it could have been. It was the, the Dick Shap room. Now it's the Mike Clemens room. But, yeah, right well, there. I mean, do you understand how cool that is? The how history cool of that, that place, is. yeah. I'm a 13, 14-year-old kid, and that's how I really kind of got into how the story behind the story and all that. And, right. you know, all these years later, I've, they say, you know where Dick Shap stayed? Right here, yeah. Right yeah, there. It was one of the first motels in this part of town because it's a mile away from the stadium. I just thought that, was, that I was blown away by that. I found that out a couple of weeks ago. So, Good stuff. And, uh, you know, as always, uh, it is the, the, the home of one Mike Clements. And the chili is good, from what I understand. It is. It is. <laughs> I'll be having some tomorrow. There you go. So, Mike, uh, th- this team, you know, as they sit here during the bye week and they try to kind of see what they've been doing right, what they've been doing wrong, and trying to figure out how far away they actually are, you know, the bottom line is the completion percentages are down. The offense isn't moving the football. Wayne Larrabee had a statistic yesterday where only seven times, seven drives this year, that's it, of ten plays or more for the Green Bay Packers. Only seven times. And they're not playing complimentary football and helping out the defense at all at this point. And it's just it's it's been bad, for lack of a better term. In August, in training camp, after the, pack, uh, the pads have been on for a couple of weeks, and you asked me, so how does Jordan Love look? They break the huddle. He calls the plays. He seems to know what the shifts are. He's reading the defense, good command, ball snapped, hands off. You know, seems to understand where he's supposed to be. But then, you know, they'll try and send Christian Watson deep for a pass or um, try and hit, hit rookie Luke Musgrave over the middle. And there's just some of the short stuff seems to be okay, but the long balls are not happening. There's a lot of times a little floor calls those plays. You know, there's a one series in Atlanta, the game on the line, you call five, six passing plays in a row, and none of them connect. And so, you know, you're seeing those kinds of things now here as we get into week six, week seven of the of the NFL schedule. So we're talking to Stenovich about this, the offensive coordinator, where the average quarterback completes about 65% of the passes. Why is Jordan Love's now numbers now still about 10% lower than that? Well, there's a few things that go into that, but the biggest thing is, yes, we just got to help him with kind of what we're doing, making sure that we're staying efficient as an offense uh, to allow him to get a better completion percentage. Because, you know, anytime you're in these second and long situations and things like that, what we've been in, um, it's not a high percentage of completions. Third and longs, we've had way too many third and longs. Um, And again, you're not going to have a very high completion percentage. So we definitely do need to do a better job first and second down, keeping those manageable situations um, so we can be more efficient as an offense. I think that completion percentage kind of tells the tale of just our offense isn't very efficient right now for sure. That is a a very damning statement 
and you got to f- assume that there's nowhere to go but up. God knows you can't get worse. But uh, man, I'm I'm looking for a, a rebound. I mean, they they came. It's like everything they did was in preparation for Chicago. And since then, it feels like it's just been a regression week after week after week after week. There are some bright spots, but it hasn't been great. We're obviously talking about Luke Musgrave, too, because I, I like Musgrave. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think you're going to see a very you know steady emergence of him. Do you think so? Well, sure. There's got to be. Uh, and he's done some good things already. He looked great in the preseason as well. And a smart guy and, and, and straightforward guy, he's he, – He's five years ahead of schedule just in terms of what you think mentally is a football player, but he makes mistakes. So during the Raiders game on Monday Night Football nationwide TV, you see them run a fourth and one, and all they do is they, it's, a, it's a fake count. They're just trying to draw an offside. They back up five yards, and they punt. But Musgrave comes off the field, and LaFleur's just tearing into him, tearing into mm-hmm. him. And we're getting more stories about LaFleur being much more fiery with this group than he was with the Aaron Rodgers and that veteran group he had for the first three, four years in Green Bay. We're hearing Rasul Douglas saying, man, I I can't imagine what this speech is going to be like from Matt LaFleur tomorrow morning. We had that Mm -hmm. on our postgame show. Uh, You hear Kurt Benkert, you know, the former backup quarterback. Did you see that story? Yeah. Kurt Benkert, you know, he had a live arm during the preseason, and they dismissed him. Like, really? He seemed like a smart guy. Got along with Aaron Rodgers. And everybody seemed to be entertained by his off-the-field stuff as a video game guy, you know, as mm-hmm. an online guy, kind of a personality. And guess what? Kurt Benkert says, you know what? I didn't get along with LaFleur. He didn't like any of that. He, he wanted me 100% football and not promoting my other side job. And that's why he's not in Green Bay, because LaFleur didn't like his total focus from that guy. Hmm. So, so that kind of stuff is going on. And then, you know, you got this Musgrave guy, a guy you're depending on. And so Stenovich was asked, do they think that Musgrave could be a major weapon by – did they think he would be a major weapon by this time of the season? I, I'm with you. Like, he's a, he's a guy I, I definitely think, you know, as you, as you go back and watch, it's like, all right, how can we get our playmakers the ball? That's the biggest thing. Um, so he's one of those guys I think that we need to find ways to get him more involved for sure. Mike, uh, I had said that the offense looks like, and there was a lot of criticism of Matt LaFleur's play calling in the game against Las Vegas, that it looks like they're trying to baby Jordan Love and they're trying to baby the offense and not do too much and do basics and that it's, it's you know, as some have said, it's out of date and on and on. And my question is, okay, look, Jordan Love's been in the system now three years. If he doesn't know it by now, I mean, I get it that he has to see certain things, but if he doesn't know it by now, come on, what are you doing? How much do you have to scale back for that? Or is it the scaling back for the mentality of the young guys at the wide receiver position and the tight end position? But, you know, I mean, there's got to be a happy balance here. At some point, you've got to take the training wheels off and see what the offense can actually do. Yeah, um, here's uh, – I like that when these coaches come back and you're trying to get to the bottom of what's going on, are players screwing up? Did the, are the coaches being outcoached, outgameplanned? I make a column that says reasons, and another one is excuses. Okay, that's a valid reason. So let's talk about valid reasons. The plan was to have David Bakhtiari left tackle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the plan was to start the season with Aaron Jones, and he hasn't been here since the Bears. And Stanovich, you know, made that 
point clear. If they'd had Aaron Jones, I mean, that tilts the field. That's their best player. That's their most explosive player. And when he's back there behind the quarterback, then Max Crosby and gang have to change their plans. And uh, to make matters worse, I think we've all recognized that A.J. Dillon's not having the season that they hoped or were expecting him to have, especially when right. 33 is not on the field. Then you throw in that, you know, you, everybody in your line has been banged up at one point. Rasheed Walker is the only healthy one, and, and the center, too, Josh Myers. But Walker is now, you know, guys are figuring him out and getting past them. Then on top of that, you have these false starts and you have penalties. And so Stenovich and LaFleur are out there. They're always having to call for, you know, second and 15. They're having to call these right. plays with this young rookie group. So could Musgrave or, you know, that, that big other kid that they got, uh, uh, Tucker Kraft, uh, you know, could, if you scale back on those guys uh, so they don't fall behind, is that something you can do to help them out? Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with, okay, maybe this guy's better at one thing and this guy's better at the other, then how do we position those guys so that you can, you know, have one guy doing more of one thing than the other. So, yeah, there's a lot to that for sure. I get it. Um, you know, again, it's just I, what I'm looking for is a lot better execution and just just solid. I, you know, there's so, like you said, there's so many things you can look at. You can look at Aaron Jones. You can look at not having Bakhtiari. You've got a banged up Elton Jenkins. You had a, a banged up John Runyon. All of that stuff. It, it's all legit. It, it's all legit stuff. But it just seems like it's just so they're searching for something. And I go back to what Matt LaFleur said, Mike, when he said, you got to have something to hang your hat on. And they don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, even the Bears, I was thinking about them. They were down three running backs and looked like they were going to compete against the Vikings until Justin Fields went out with a dislocated thumb. You know, that's right. that's the sport. We're in the middle of the season. This is when guys get it all banged up and, and you're pulling guys off your practice squad and maybe pulling guys off the street to just try and get through this part of the season before you get to November football, which is when – Everybody should pretty much be in sync then and have their team together. One team that's not in that category are the one in five Broncos who had a head coach, veteran head coach with a Super Bowl ring, say, oh, man, that Nathaniel Hackett, that group, worst coaching job in the history, right. in the history oh, of the league. And he's there with, with Russell Wilson and a full season of work with these guys, and they stink, particularly their passing game. And so Sean Payton – Took some reporters' questions yesterday uh, on a teleconference, and here's how what his explanation was how he's going to fix their passing game for Green Bay. Well, look, it, it's been a handful. It, it's it's hard to point to one specifically. You know, you want to have confidence in the pocket. You you, you know, we need to find ways to get guys open. Um, you know, and and typically speaking, that has to happen uh, efficiently on on early downs it can't be just on third down um so that that's one of the things that that we've discussed here you know early today and and looking at our pass list and drive starters um and making sure that that we find a way obviously on first down you're going to be mixed runner pass with your sequencing but um you know the the feeling after that game was just simply you know, we, we've got to be able to throw it better uh, 
to, to win in this league. And, and that wasn't directed at any one player. That was directed at all of us on offense. Let's do this. So we're going to step out for a second. Uh, we're talking with Mike Clemens. He's going to be, uh, you know, with us the rest of the way. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap things up. Mike Clemens on the line with us. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Good to have you back. Welcome. Bill Michael Show continuing on, wrapping things up. Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the hotline. And, uh, Mike, uh, the other guy we heard speak today that we uh, listened to, good stuff, by the way, and thanks for getting all that stuff for us, but uh, also uh, Rich Basaccia talking about uh, the special teams and their play. And, you know, out of all the units, uh, offense, defense, and special teams, special teams has had they've had their gaffes, don't get me wrong, but it's been at least a – more solidified unit than what I expected coming into the season because of all the question marks we had coming into the season. Mid-August in training camp, Bill, you know, when I saw Anders Carlson kick the worst, I, I believe it was supposed to be a field goal. I'm not sure. There was a guy that snapped it. There was a guy that held it, and then he kicked this waffle that just kind of spun around <laughs> in the air yeah, like a wounded duck and dropped. Like, And, then, you know, sometimes these guys say, oh, it's just practice. We're just trying something. Yeah, but that was a two-minute drill. I mean, they had the clock running. It was it was simulated game situation, and you were supposed to kick the winning field goal there. But the kid's been great, right? I mean, he's, he's kicking it out of the end zone and, 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 and getting field goals when his brother missed one in the game against the, the, the Raiders last week when Daniel missed one. So Rich Bisaccia, he's t- he says, first of all, he was asked about, you know, Mile High Stadium in Denver there. Is, it, is the air really thinner? Because they say the baseballs travel farther and he said you know it's the wind because he's played in mm-hmm. he's played in Denver many many times uh, when he was with the Raiders it's, it's the wind it's the wind that you have to focus on for the guys that are kicking there um, one thing that's tough on his special teams is when you've got Devondre Campbell still out still out with the that second ankle injury Quay Walker dealing with an injury um, he's had to pull Isaiah McDuffie and now Eric Wilson into the inside linebacker roles that means he takes them off. Two of his best guys on special teams coverage has to take them out. And during the bye week, these guys do self-scouting. So we asked Rich Bisaccia, Packers special teams coordinator, what did he find on the tape? We took a look at some of the um, maybe protection punt problems that we had a little bit earlier where we were getting a little bit of leakage or getting on the edge a little bit. And then, you know, we gave up the big return against 
New Orleans. So we took a look at our, our lane coverage and lane discipline and where we're supposed to be and try to get ourselves. And I think we have the last few weeks gotten ourselves in a little bit better position that way. But um, it was more of a, a personnel thing. We put in the right guys in the right spots and um, some of those things, especially um, in coverage-wise, kickoff team and, and in punt protection and punt coverage. So, uh, you know, the, the return ops have gone down, obviously, in, in kickoff return because of us not taking some out a little bit deeper and people kicking away from Keyshawn as well. You know, Mike, um, I look at this team, and we're going to talk more about it, obviously, tomorrow and then again on Friday, but uh, for everything that we've heard, it, it's there's a lot of things that they figured out why it happened. And I guess now the biggest question in going into this week of practice is, can we fix the whys so they don't happen again and we can accentuate the positive? You know what I mean? Or can they, you know, can they find their favorite club out of the bag, you know? Right. If the three and the four don't work, maybe I'm just more comfortable, and I'll just use the five on more iron shots. It, I think a lot of it has to come down to the to the menu, and if it can match up against what you think the Broncos are going to put against you. You know, there's these rumors swirling around that they're going to get rid of their defensive coordinator, and you know, and bring in you know Rex Ryan from ESPN, and he's talking about it on the air and all that stuff, and 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 now that's been denied by the Broncos. Right. Right. But I, you know. I think they need to – They, we say this every year, but, yeah, they do need to find some kind of identity because they don't have, seem to have bread-and-butter plays yet. Yeah. Um, Mike, uh, great stuff as always, and I will talk to you uh, tomorrow night. We'll be uh, in lacrosse tomorrow night, so I will talk to you tomorrow night on the phone, man. Awesome. Awesome. For the huddle, starts at 6 o'clock. Great stuff as always, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you, boys. There you go. That's our the, – the great – Staying in the Dick Schaap room, the great Mike Clemens. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, lacrosse, here we come. Going to be out there tomorrow. I'll be out there a little bit later on tonight, but be out there tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, Flipside Pub and Grill. Scott Emmerich is going to be joining us from WXOW and Channel 19. So come on out. Six to eight tomorrow night. Be a face in the crowd. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Hoop!